Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, they do it again. The Utah Jazz pick up another win. They take down Philadelphia. They've won eight in a row, and they have won 19 out of 20. They have vanquished the best in the East, taking down Philadelphia, who had the best record, Milwaukee with the second-best record. Early in the week, the Celtics, who had the fourth-best record. Miami, who doesn't have a great record, but came in with a four-game win streak because he got Jimmy Butler back. He'd missed a bunch of games. Basically, he's missed about half their games this season. And the Jazz took them down, and now it'll be back to the Western Conference and the Clippers on Wednesday and Friday. See if they can take them down. Is there... (laughs) It's just unbelievable. And you're just not supposed to win 19 out of 20 in the NBA. You're not supposed to. They won 11 in a row. Denver got them one afternoon, and they've just rattled off eight more wins in a row. And this one was a little different. They didn't get a 20-point lead against Philly, and the lead late went down to four points in the fourth quarter, but it didn't, it didn't get any tighter than that. It still was... I thought the game was still in doubt with about five minutes ago. I think, you know, depending on who you are, somewhere around the two- or three-minute mark, you thought, okay, this... This is done. And at the one-minute mark, I think everybody thought it was done. Uh, So there was, relatively speaking, more tension. Now, that's not the same as the last couple of possessions, having to get a bucket, having to get a stop. Obviously, there there could have been more. But (laughs) they have so many ways to win. We've been talking about how they won with defense. They win when Rudy goes off. They win when Joe has a big game. Now they win with Jordan Clarkson having a big game. And obviously... You know, Donovan Mitchell and Billy Bogdanovich, those are kind of the two guys you expect to score a lot of points. But Clarkson went for 40. He came off the bench and scored 40. He had eight three-pointers, which ties the Jazz franchise record. And he was just out of his mind. And the Jazz got down 14 early. Uh, but the way they play and the confidence they have, that's not a big deal. And they took the lead before halftime. Didn't trail in the second half. I'm, I'm running out of some per, superlatives here, people. Uh, Larry the Laker tweeting, you know, it's great, to pe- it's great to peak a third of the way through the season. You can't win the championship, Ryan Smith said this. He was on the broadcast last night. You know, they don't give out trophies in February. You can't win the championship now. It's going as well as it can. It's a long road from here to June and July, which is when I assume the playoffs will be. There may be some playoffs in late May. We'll have to see how the schedule plays out. Um, you know, stuff can go wrong. We saw AD limp off the court. Lakers were playing the Nuggets on Sunday night. And he's had an Achilles problem, and clearly it flared back up. They got an MRI, which I think was relatively good news. I mean, he's out, so that's not good news. He's going to be out. I would be shocked if we saw him before the All-Star game. I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. Uh, he's getting a follow-up. Uh, he had the MRI in Denver, but he's getting a follow-up today in L.A., and I think uh, I think it's pretty universal across the league. We're not going to see him till after the All Star break, sometime in March and maybe later. You know, we'll have to see what they they find out and how it heals and how it feels in a couple weeks. So injuries, we've seen injuries wreck teams in the playoffs. Uh, LeBron's Cavs. Uh, we've seen teams get all the way to the finals and get wrecked by injuries. Just a couple of years ago with the Warriors losing Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson during the finals. So lots of stuff can happen. And I mean, Larry's, you know, he's a Laker fan. He's trying to tweak jazz fans. But there is something to the, you know, make sure you don't peak now. And, you know, it's hard to top 19 out of 20. Uh, but, man, <laughs> this is impressive. All right, we got the best of the postgame show coming up. Next up, we're going to talk BYU basketball with assistant coach Corey Finger. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Cody Figure, BYU assistant basketball coach. Cody, good morning. Good morning, DJ and PK. How are you guys doing? Good. We are doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be on. I'm a huge fan of your guys' show. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm curious, uh, what is the BYU coaching staff doing with itself now? You have a very unusual long layoff in the middle of the conference season. Maybe you're trying to plug it with a game, or maybe you're doing something different midseason. What, what is the game plan now? Uh, right, right now, um, we're, uh, you know, we took uh, it was, we took Wednesday off, and uh, th- these next three days, we're just going to f- kind of focus on ourselves. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to just kind of focus on ourselves and not other teams throughout this conference. Um, so, you know, we're focused on our, our physicality and just different things that we need to get better at uh, with, with our team first. Um, and then we'll uh, start off Pacific and LMU next week. So what's more difficult, Cody, trying to match Mark Pope's enthusiasm or beat Gonzaga? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, both, both are uh, really, uh, really tough, tough, tough goes. Gonzaga's a heck of a team, and Coach Pope brings that every day. So both are pretty tough. <sighs> Uh, your link to the uh, to the Utah area, your roots uh, your roots run deep. When I saw you were from Wisconsin, I thought, well, I can only think of one link, and sure enough, there it was. Yeah, Coach Majerus. Um, I uh, you know started out at his basketball camps when I was younger in uh, Wisconsin at Cardinal Street basketball camp, and when I got uh, 16 years old, he actually asked me to basketball camps. Um, and then when I graduated high school, he first asked at University of Utah, but I'm really cheap, so I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to pay out-of-state tuition, and I knew I wanted to coach. So uh, he decided to um, give me scholarships so I come so I could come work for him, and I worked for him for a couple of years and uh, had a great relationship with uh, Coach Majerus. So then how did that transfer over to Mark Pope because you've been with him now? Yeah, so, you know, I kind of went from um, University of Utah, and I got to know so many different people in Utah, so many great people. Um, Worked with Chris Jones and, uh, you know, Tim Lacombe, and uh, we we became close. And, you know, Tim um, worked at uh, BYU for a long time, obviously, and um, I was working at Louisiana Tech in the time, and we, we stayed close, and when a job opportunity came open at BYU, I got close with Coach Rose and um, got a chance to be hired at, as the director of basketball operations back in 2014 and 15 at BYU or 2013-14. Um, so, uh, and then I got to meet Coach Pope there. And uh, Coach Pope and I developed a great relationship, and then he got the head coaching job at Utah Valley, and I went with him there. And then when he came back to BYU, I came back with him. 
So you have all these influences. How do they uh, show themselves in the BYU program today? What do you see that is a little bit of uh, Dave Rose? What do you see that's a little bit of Rick Majerus? Obviously, with Coach Pope, he's the head coach. His fingerprints are all over it. But what about the other guys? So with with Coach Majerus, I think there's a lot of uh, attention to detail um, and relentless work ethic. Um, I think I think that's something that it's just an all day, every day thing. And like you said, that's that's a lot of part a part of Coach Pope's DNA. Um, and with Coach Coach Rose, is just giving his players so much confidence at all times um, to be their best and play their best. I think those are the two two main things that. Uh, portraying this program right now. I'm fascinated on how Mark Pope builds his teams. Now, it's only been a couple teams here with BYU. And last year, we know he's relying a lot on transfers, both of the years that that he's been the head coach. But last year, the transfers were, were somewhat different in that, you know, you bring Toulson back, but it really wasn't a new situation. Obviously, he had been there before, and there's not a lot of physical distance between UVU and BYU, so I imagine guys are playing together with each other, so they have some form of uh, relationship, even if it's not a formal one on the same team. So you could see that transfer situation being maybe smoother than others. And now this year, same type of deal. You're bringing in some JC guys. You're bringing in the big kid from Purdue. Averitt's from down the street, UVU also. But has this year been a little more difficult to mold guys into a team versus what it was last year? Because even though you had some transfers, you still had a bunch of guys who'd been in the program for a good while. Yeah, I, w- I would say this year it's just taken a little bit longer. You know, um, throughout the summer we didn't we didn't uh, weren't able to get with them as much as we usually did, like the the past year, um, just because with you know COVID and everything going on. Um, but I, I would say, you know, it's just been yeah, like you said, we we only brought in a couple transfers last year, and this year it's like what nine new guys or or whatever. So it's just been. Uh, a little bit different, bringing in all these different lineups and just seeing what fits, and and it's just taking a little bit longer. Um, but this group's got great great amount of energy and, and brings it every single day. It's been a really fun team to coach. Um, and uh, you know, Matt, Matt Harms is coming from Purdue, brings a lot of his senior leadership. Um, Alex Barcel, obviously, he was with us last year, um, and then Brandon Averett. Those those three seniors have been been crucial for us this year and they're, they're kind of uh, pushing our guys to get better every day um, yeah those guys have uh, really really like Matt Matt Harms you know coming from Purdue a Big Ten program <clears throat> excuse me has uh, you know just kind of really helped help mold our guys together because you know he just wants to win at the end of the day and he's really helped our, our team improve um, just, just on that and just kind of everybody's sacrificing for each other. Cody Feger joining us, BYU assistant basketball coach. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, working with guys, getting guys to be more physical. You know, you, you've got a lot of size on the team, and there are games where it has really destroyed other teams. 
But also there are times where it just seems to go away and they get taken out of games. And Gonzaga did, and obviously Gonzaga's undefeated, number one. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how, do, how do teams take those guys out of games? What can you do to prevent it? Because you know going forward, assuming the NCAA tournament goes off here in Indianapolis as they're planning, people are going to look at the Gonzaga tape, they're going to look at other tapes, and you, and you know what they're going you know to decide. Yeah, it's just something that we just focus on and talk about every single day. Um, you know, it's it's hard to do in practice sometimes because you want to be really physical, but you don't want also guys to get injured in practice. Um, but we watch film, we show clips of it, and we just we go against pads a lot. And, you know, yesterday we had a long day of just kind of going at each other over and over again, whether it's rebounding or ducking in in the post or, you know, defending the ball, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, we were doing was just talking about that physicality over and over again, and that's just something that we're just going to take a huge step forward. Talking about screening, you know, um, um, you know, rebounding, making and maintaining contact, hitting, hitting every single possession. Um, so it's just something that we're we're just continuing to talk about every play, every possession. So one guy who's got me way excited is this loner kid. I love the way his rebounds. I love his tenacity. I know he got off to a slow start a little bit as far as shooting goes, but I would think that overall the way he's developed as just a freshman, you guys have got to be pleased. Oh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. You know, he, he's one of those guys that's, that's uh, coming into the office every single day wanting to watch film, and he's staying in the gym and shooting until late at night. He just cares so much about this team and just getting better, and he just wants to wants to please the coaching staff. And um, his when he's focusing on defense and rebounding, he, he's unbelievable because the offense is going to come, and he's gotten better and better, like you said, down the line here. And he, he's just been so much fun to coach. And you know, we we watched some of the film from yesterday, and he's knocking into everybody's body, and he just gets right up like he. he it's unbelievable all the hits he takes and just keeps on standing and keeps on coming and he's just nonstop bowl of energy. It, it, he's been, he's been fun, to, fun to coach. Yeah. So the the uh, the transfers PK touched on earlier. You know, so many people as you talk about your background, right? You've come across so many people, and so many people in basketball have that. I'm curious with the portal. When a name hits a portal, how often are you surprised, and how much? Because everybody knows everybody. Is the word kind of out? Hey, look, this guy's name could pop up pretty soon. How much of a heads up do you get with that? Uh, it just kind of depends. You know, we'll hear something once in a while. Um, coach will say something, and um, you know we'll, we'll we'll hear about it a little early sometimes. Um, but like, let's just say Alex Barcelo, like uh, his name just popped up on one day last year on June twenty third. Um, it was two years ago, and you know we just started calling right away, and we didn't have a have a relationship with his AAU coach or anybody, but we just started dialing in and calling calling him right away. And same with Matt Harms. You know, those are two guys that, that we just had no prior relationship at all and just kind of went out and worked for him. And, you know, Jake Toulson, obviously, we had a, had a great relationship with and he wanted to come. And um, But, you know, sometimes you, you hear stuff, but you're never for sure, so you just wait until they names hit the portal and start calling right away. So I'm really interested as far as BYU goes because obviously you have the influence of the LDS Church involved. And to me, you get Averett, 
would be obvious. He's been in the community. He's aware of it. And Barcelo's been down there in Arizona, my home area, and I know where he went to high school. And that side of town on the East Valley, there's tons of LDS folks. So he has a, a familiarity with them for sure. I'm sure he's played with them. He's got neighbors and so forth. So he has at least an understanding. Not sure about harms, but going forward there, is that something that you have to just hit right off the bat as far as explaining what folks are about and Provo and all that stuff? How does that work? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, That's something that we'll talk about right away with recruits, just so they, they know, they get a heads up. Like So when I was coming from Wisconsin, um, I had no idea what a Mormon was. I'd never heard of one. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And you know, Coach Majera said, "Hey, it's it's just like, it's just like everybody else, just normal, and everything's fine." And and I got here, and yeah, there's there's no big difference. You just hear all these weird things, um, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's you just tell them exactly what kind of the school is about, what's important to the school, and and um, you know about coffee and you know alcohol and women and all that all that kind of stuff. We just kind of give them a heads up right away, and you know, guys, you know. You know, guys aren't don't shy away from it. And they're not scared because the guys we want to bring in want to be pros at the end of the day. They're not worried about the off the court kind of issues any, anyway. You know, we don't want to bring the guys in that don't want to be pros. We want we want players that want to come in here and, and want to take basketball serious and not worry about the outside stuff. How much uh, when you have a coaching change? I'm always curious about how much you can keep the alumni involved, recruiting, and they've had some guys go overseas, which can take people out of the loop. How much effort have you spent on that, connecting with the past and trying to keep those guys involved with the program? Because they're another pair of eyes for recruits, another pers- perspective. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that, that's something that you know, Coach Pope hit on uh, since day one since we came to BYU was just staying in touch with all the alumni. You know, we try we try to have a couple of alumni nights last year. Try to invite the alumni to every single game. Um, that that's something that we talk about every day um, as a staff. Really, is just staying in touch with this alumni and and want them to feel vested in this program because they built this place. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll talk to different um, players like Eric Nika, and you can go down the line: Tyler Hawes, Jonathan Tabinari. Um, Travis Hanson, everybody wants to help this place out, like you said, alumni, and and that's been a fantastic resource for us. So you got a kid from this Wasatch Academy on your pro, in your program, and I think you got a commitment uh, from somebody to join it. Well, tell us about what's going on down at that place, and what's the connection as far as BYU being able to mine that for potential players. Uh, Wasatch Academy, you know, it's a, it's a hour and ten minutes down the road. Uh, Paul Peterson is the head coach now, um, and we got a great relationship with Paul. He's he's trained a lot of former BYU guys, um, and then Anson Winder is an assistant coach there now. So we've got a p- plenty of guys that have uh, you know great great feel for that program, um, and th- they they have a great great deal down there. They can bring in top players in the country and, and it's a great location for us and it's kind of hidden away a little bit. Um, they're playing great talent every single week. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a relationship that's going to keep on growing and keep on getting better for us. So when you look at your coaching staff, Cody, how short do you feel? 
Um, you know, every day I, I, I know I'm just kind of used to it. I don't think about it. Now when I get get home, sometimes my, sometimes my son will say, say some weird things to me and we're all giving a second look and he'll be like, dad, are you the shortest guy or is Brandon Averett the shortest guy out there? And, uh, so that, that's the only thing that kind of makes me feel a little bit different or, uh, um, my uh, my friend the other day was telling me that uh, he was just Googling my name for just to find this picture to send me. And uh, the first thing that came up was Cody Fieger height. So I wonder if everyone <laughs> thinks I'm about five foot three or what. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings. It's all trick photography. Just tell them it's all Hollywood. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Well, Cody, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking a little Cougar basketball. All right. Appreciate you guys having me on. We're going to take a break. Come back with the best of the postgame show. As the Utah Jazz win again, really impressive. They took Philly down. Stay with us. That's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz win again. Jordan Clarkson. 40 points, 8 in a row, 19 out of 20. Best record in the NBA. They beat the best in the East in Philly. Incredible. They are playing great, great basketball. All right, here's Jake with the best of the postgame show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz have now won 19 of their last 20 games. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night in Vivian Arena, 134 to 123. No Joel Embiid for Philly. Ben Simmons has a career-high 42 points. Tobias Harris has his second-highest point total of his career with 36. And it doesn't matter. The Jazz still win by 11. Jordan Clarkson, 40 points coming in off the bench. 13 to 20 shooting, 8 for 13 from 3. 6 of 7 for the li- uh, from the line. It was the first 40-point performance from a Jazz bench player since Thurl Bailey did it uh, back in 1988 against the Denver Nuggets when Big T had 41. Donovan Mitchell last night added 24. He had 5 assists and 3 boards. Joe Ingles continues to be absolutely lights out filling in for Mike Conley in the starting lineup. Uh, of course, Joe Ingles show every Thursday right here on DJ and PK. Joe last night 20 points five assists three rebounds and the jazz win again in this four game homestand against four of the eastern conference's best teams in boston milwaukee miami and the sixers the jazz go four and oh let's get you some post game sound let's start with jazz head coach quinn snyder eric walden salt lake tribune uh so q um Jordan obviously was was pretty huge for you guys tonight, uh, just two points off of his career high. What can you say just about the spark that he was able to give you in that first quarter and, and the way he was able to continue it for the rest of the game? Well, I thought, you know, first of all, Philadelphia, they played, they played great. I mean, um, you know, it took us making some big plays at the end of the game, but, you know, Ben Simmons and Tobias and Dwight Howard on the glass, um, 
and that you, you could see it from the beginning of the game. Uh, I didn't think our defense it was too porous early, and they were getting to the rim. You know, we struggled to protect the paint. And, you know, when Jordan came in and, you know, had the performance that he had, um, you know, we've seen that obviously before, um, but that was, you know, another level. Um, I thought it, it, it kept us in the game where, you know, halftime, whatever, even, even early, especially where we were within striking distance in the first half because of the way those guys um, came in and played. And, you know, him in particular, obviously with, with his, you know, he's not bashful and we don't want him to be. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. To follow up on that, and Quinn, I'm not being facetious when I ask this. How many players have you been around that have the confidence that Jordan Clarkson has? Well, it's unique, I think, um, especially I'd have to think about it and I may not be able to give you anybody, but I, I think, you know, the, the mix that, that he has of his aggressiveness, both from the three point line and at the rim, we've really talked a lot about, you know, his ability to, to shoot threes as opposed to, you know, settling um, for the mid range when he's, he's so good at the rim. And one of the things he's doing is when he does get in the paint, um, you know, he's such a good finisher, but he's also, you know, he's got his eyes out and, you know, we want his eyes on the rim, um, but he's also been unbelievably unselfish. And as you said, um, you know, I believe in him and his teammates believe in him and, you know, that that's, you know, he's confident to begin with, but I think that takes him um, to a really good place mentally. And I just like the things, the other things he's trying to do as well. I think the way that he's thrown himself into the game, you know, you see him on the offensive glass, um, you see him trying to defend, you know, I think that just, that helps, you know, that helps him stay focused and, you know, he doesn't meet need, he doesn't need to be too open, you know, to, to be aggressive and shoot the ball. And that's what we want. That's what his teammates want to and Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, low, uh, Royce's low post defense specifically has been pretty fabulous over the last, I mean, pretty much all season. Is that something you teach him? Has he just learned that because he's had so many matchups? What is it? Well, I, I think, you know, I think he's gotten better um, guarding different situations. And he's, you know, whether it's guarding Simmons times tonight um, or Harris, you know, he guarded onto the compo the other night, as well as Jimmy Butler, you know, and all those players are different. And as you mentioned, I, I think the thing that he does the most on the post is he just competes and, you know, he's relentless with his competitiveness. And, you know, we, we had a chance to speak yesterday um, because I, I think he's so crucial to our team and what he was able to do late in the game. You know, we want him, we talk about Jordan and obviously, you know, what Jordan did tonight was special. Um, but what Royce did, you know, having the confidence to keep shooting the ball um, and make those two big threes late, you know, that was tremendous. And, you know, you, you notice every time, you know, the ball gets swung to him, he's open, guys want him to shoot. And that's what he did. And, you know, that shows his mental toughness and it shows his teammates and his coaches belief in him. Kristen Kenny. Hey, Coach, you're not just winning games, but you're getting these big leads and stringing together these big runs. What do you attribute that to? Well, I wish we would have got a better lead tonight early, um, but I think – 
you know, I, I think we're connected for one thing. So, you know, when we, when, when teams do teams, you know, we're playing really good teams and um, when they go on runs against us, um, we're able to withstand them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You know, I think everybody, you know, likes the way we're playing. Um, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, you know, we're just trying to get better. And, you know, if we do get a lead, part of it is learning to play with the lead. Um, and tonight it was taking a punch and continuing to, to, to compete in battle. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, what are some of the things you guys think you, you, you think you could have done better defensively against, especially Ben Simmons tonight? Well, I think at the beginning of the game, Andy, um, you know, he just had, he had too much space in transition and, you know, there's a lot of times that he'll drive the ball and he's so big, he's finding shooters, whether it's Harris or Curry or green um, tonight. He, I think he attacked the rim more early. Um, you know, I, I think with, he, he felt the game and, you know, then, so we, we had to get back um, and, and show him more of a crowd and just, you know, have a, make, make it harder for him to see a drive to, to, to deter him basically. And then, you know, the other, thing is his ability to get to the line um you know we could have fouled him less it's easy for me to sit here and say that um but you know i thought he got to the line that was one thing that we wanted to do a better job keeping off the line and obviously late you know when when we he was uh, he was posting up. Um, it's really difficult to help off Seth Curry. It's difficult to help off Green, and particularly the way Tobias is playing too. So, um, you know, maybe we could help a little more from our bigs. You know, I, I think um, it's more collective that Rudy's got to come over a little sooner. We got to protect Rudy on the boards. That's probably you know the chain reaction because um, he gets that deep in the post and he's got that jump hook. It's it's you know it's virtually impossible to block that shot. Um, so maybe we give each other a little more help. Um, but really, as much as anything, you know, tip your hat. Um, at, at certain times, it was good defense and it was better offense. David Aldridge, The Athletic. Quinn, uh, Giannis said the other day um, after, after your game that he thought you all were playing with a lot of joy. And I wonder if, if you see that manifest uh, with your squad right now in terms of how the ball's moving and how the joint sacrifices are going defensively? Yeah, who said that, David? I'm gonna... Giannis. 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 Yeah, um, yeah I, I think – you know, sharing the ball is emblematic of that. Um, I think, you know, I think Jordan said it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even that, you know, and I mentioned it the other night, there, there are shots. I, I don't think guys are um, thinking about, you know, their, their shots. And as a result, you know, I think those shots become easier because people want each other to take them um, more than anything. You know, when you're defending, that's something really you have to do collectively. And, you know, when you, you see guys having each other's back, um, but maybe the biggest thing is our communication, um, you know, in, in timeouts um, and, and really on the court. You know, it's one thing to communicate in dead ball situations, free throws, timeouts, but our guys are doing a really good job of, uh, of supporting each other, talking to each other about, you know, little things and adjustments that they want to make in the game. 
So I, I think anytime you throw yourself completely into a team, you know, you get rewarded for it and it's fun, you know, to, to be a part of something that's bigger than any one guy individually. That's, you know, one of the special things about team sports, you know, because you get to share what you're doing with other people and, you know, our guys are working and they're trying to get better. And, um, sometimes being in the moment and focusing like that, you know, is, it, it helps you play well. Last question, David James, KUTV. Quinn, Jordan plays with such energy. Do you have to watch his minutes? Is there a point of diminishing returns with him? Have you seen anything there, or do you just let him go? I I let him go. You know, we talked about it the other day. I've got to be crazy to take him out sometimes at the end of the quarter, the end of the game. Um, but that's a rhythm that we're in. Um, and that's not to say there aren't games who he will finish, you know. Um, but he has such – it goes a little bit to, you know, David's question that, you know, I, I think um, it's easy to be upset or when you come out of the game and any, any player feels that, and that's natural. Um, and, you know, that's something that we kind of laughed about and just me telling him that, you know, uh, I appreciate – him at least hiding it when he comes out. Um, but again, I, I think, you know, he, he trusts the guys that, that are playing, you know, in front of him. When I say in front of him, I mean in the minutes category um, because he isn't starting the game. But more than anything, I, I think he takes great pride um, in those situations. So even if he gets a little fatigued, um, you know, I think he's, he's mentally tough enough and he, he just loves to play. I mean, that that's probably the biggest thing. And when you're playing and you love to play, you don't really feel tired. There's Quinn Snyder. His team is red hot. They beat the Sixers last night, 134 to 123. Let's get some player sound. Let's start with Joe Ingles. Tony Jones, the athletic. Joe, you were the first one. Like to, to to you know celebrate on the court when when Royce hit that that huge three against the clock, you know what's Man. it like seeing his progression, um, you know offensively, you know to being able to take big threes and, and make plays off the dribble. Um, I mean, uh, I think it's it's grown and grown. Um, obviously, the more he's been out there and and the more confident uh, he's got with those situations. Um, I, I mean, I honestly still think he needs to shoot more. I think he passes up threes at times that not necessarily hurt our team, but we sometimes don't get a better shot than him shooting a kind of that, that wing three or the, the, the corner three, which he's obviously so good at. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've had my fair share of times that I've been told to shoot it, but he's catching up to me pretty quickly. Um, but I think... I mean, he, he's. I mean, we see him work at it every day, and he's so consistent with it. Um, I don't know his numbers over the last few years, but obviously forty plus, whatever forty, give or take. Um, yeah, I mean, I try. It's probably stupid coming from me because I always get told to shoot it when I'm open, but I, I try and get him to shoot as much as possible. We played bloody hot potato for a second there, that the end one, trying to get him to shoot it, but. No, we're we're a really good team when he shoots the ball, um, and like you said, he's he's so good at the the hard closeout and rip through and making plays, um, throwing it to Rudy on the lobs or kicking out for for corner threes. So we we need him to take those shots. We want him to take those shots, and and he, I mean he needs to take them. So he'll keep he'll keep figuring out. He's a he's a smart dude, and um, he'll keep making the right plays. 
Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach was talking about JC's energy level. Have you played with anyone that has that amount of energy? I've never played with anyone like JC in my lifetime, on the court or off the court. Um, yeah, he just uh, – I mean, it's its pretty cool to play with someone that's kind of so locked in, I guess, to, to what his role is and so comfortable in the role that he has. He doesn't necessarily – like, I kept saying he – he got fouled on the three as I was walking up and coach told me to leave him. Then he, he won't like me saying it, but he screwed up on defense. So coach told me to go back up there to sub him out. And then he made, I think he made a corner three right after that. And I was ready. I was ready to walk back down and give him a couple more minutes. Um, and there was a timeout right after that. And I apologized to him for subbing him out, but he, like he, he's, he was happy. Like he's, He's just so comfortable and happy in his role. He he knows what we want him to do. He he knows what he needs to do for our team. Um, regardless whether he comes in at the seven, the four, the two, he's he's hot from when he gets in. So um, yeah, it's a, it's it's awesome to play with a guy like that, and um, even more cool just just for, like I said for him to have a role, accept a role, and 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 be pretty darn good at his role uh it's it's obviously been a a huge impact since we got him um on this team andy larson salt lake tribune so joe two-part question speaking of shooting a lot you are shooting more this year you're you're taking the three more and then uh you're also driving inside and, and making more of your twos as well than you ever have in your career what, what is that more spacing i mean kind of what are you seeing out there that's enabling you to be more aggressive and more successful um, I mean, I think a part of it uh, is obviously the role that I'm kind of in this year too. Um, usually coming off the bench, obviously with with our full roster and kind of like JC, like just obviously I'm I'm happy to to do whatever it is. And like I said, this this year coming off the bench, and um, uh, I think like I said last year, just being kind of in and out of the starting lineup and coming off the bench, and I hadn't come off the bench for a while. Um, since my first couple of years and just adjusting to it and, and picking times when I can be aggressive and when I'm spacing in the corner or whatever it is. And um, when me, I think me and Fave go in usually at the, the seven together and um, yeah, just, just trying to be as aggressive as I can in, in those moments that I, that I have a play called for me or um, I'm able to rebound it and go in transition. Um, I think just the, like I said, like JC, just having a very uh, good, clear um, role, which I, I know what my role is. Obviously, it changes at times with with injuries or, or whatever guys in and out. But yeah, my, my standard role of, of coming off the bench, trying to be aggressive and um, kind of like I was saying about Royce, the, the guys want me to shoot, coach wants me to shoot. So when I'm open, I've just got to be, be aggressive. And uh, I think the the way we're playing this year, we're a bit more pace and trying to shoot in transition and, and get those threes up and get the rim. Um, I shot one mid-range today, which I'll probably never do again, but it obviously suits my game to, to, to get in the paint and, and create and finish or or shoot threes. So, um, yeah, just trying to trying to be as aggressive as I can when those, those moments come up. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, you spoke about uh, Royce becoming a more confident shooter. Obviously, everyone kind of knows what he does on the other end, but he continues to show his versatility with just the sheer number of different types of guys he can guard. What can you say about, you know, what he's been doing over this last stretch guarding everyone from 
Tatum to Giannis to Butler to Simmons to, you know, everyone tonight. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he, it's kind of, kind of the, the same as JC on the other end of the floor. He, he accepts the, the challenge and that role. And I mean, he knows he's going to be on the, the best player, usually kind of one through four um, with all those names you've mentioned. Um, and I think it's a, like I said, like it's a big thing for somebody to accept a role um, and, and be really good at it. And he has embraced it. He, he loves the challenge of guarding whoever it is on a, a nightly basis. And um, the other end of the floor, obviously offensively is, has kind of helped him even more. Cause he's, he, he like you said, he shoot, shoots at a 40 odd percent. He, he's got that pull through and, and making plays and, then he has to run back and guard the best player again. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough job to like I, mean, I don't all those names you just made like from Giannis to to Ben to Jimmy to I think he guarded Jokic at times. We had him on the floor like whoever whoever we need him to guard, he he takes that challenge and he he obviously studies his his film and watches what they're going to do and. I mean, he, he was great. Obviously, Ben played at a, a pretty high level tonight, getting to the rim, but um, Royce made some huge plays towards the end to, to, to get us out and running. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got better and better as his career's gone on over the last three or four years, whatever it's been. And um, I hope he is ready to, to keep it going because he just signed a new deal. So he's going to be here for a while. So, um, no, he's, he's – he, he grows and, and gets better and better uh, every game that we have. Last question, David Aldridge, The Athletic. Hey, Joe. Um, you all have had stretches over the years where you've been really, you know, you've been efficient offensively and good offensively, but you're you're clearly at a different level this year as a team offensively. And I wonder when you came to realize that this might be sustainable, that this wasn't just like a hot streak for a couple of games, that this was something that you could really maintain through a long chunk of the season? Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember having conversations with Coach last season about it. And after we got JC and obviously knew what he brings offensively with the, the guys that we already had, um, and obviously last year with, with Mike in and out, we traded for JC, uh, whatever period that was, and, and just trying to find our groove. We, we were a different team than we had been the previous couple of years. And um, we kept saying, like, just imagine if we were all shooting well and, and playing kind of that free-flowing. Like, that, that's tough to guard. we got four guys out there that can make shots. I don't know what percentage we all shoot, but but at, at a pretty high percentage. And then we've got Rudy and Fave on the rim. Um and we, we've talked about it for a while. I think last year was tough. Obviously, like I said, with with injuries, guys, and now at the bubble, we have a, we have a break. We get back. Last year was a, a bit of a mess, but um, it kind of came back up again this year. Like we were all healthy at the start, and we could see it coming together in in preseason and and playing. And then obviously the the confidence from from coach to he can talk a or tell us to, to run and shoot as much as he wants, but we have to kind of hold each other accountable. And th- there's been games where all he'll say in a timeout or pregame is like, let's run offensively when we get a, a rebound or a, uh, or off a make, like let's push the ball and shoot threes. And it probably took us a little while those first few games. I, I don't know what our record was early, but obviously it wasn't, we were four and four or three and three or whatever we were. And yeah. uh, I think, 
throughout the, the course of the year, we've got more and more confident from the style that we're playing and having the confidence for, for me to kick it up to Royce and him shoot it in the first six seconds or Donovan, whoever it is. So, uh, I mean, it's taken time, but but I think we're starting to see the, the benefits of playing the way we're playing with with the lineup that we've got. And, I mean, we've still obviously got Mike to come back and, um, yeah, we'll just keep keep doing what we're doing, keep pushing the ball um, and keep playing the way we with the way we want to play. That was Joe Ingles, 20 points, five assists, three rebounds in the Jazz win. And uh, Joe's feeling it, feeling good, feeling good about the team, feeling good about Jordan Clarkson. Again, Jordan, 40 points coming in off the bench and had this to say after the game. All right, we'll get started with a question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Jordan, when we were talking to Quinn and Joe, Quinn said that he didn't know if he could think of another player that plays as confidently as you. And Joe said that he's never played with anyone like you before. When you hear those things, first of all, what do you think? And also, what gives you that confidence and that energy to play the way that you do? Uh, probably the biggest thing for me is, you know, with, with them saying that, them believing in me, uh, letting me be myself and embracing me, it's kind of just playing the whole whole role into who I am. And that gives me confidence in its own. Um, those guys always come over to the bench and tell me to keep shooting. And even when I'm having an off night, uh, even when I'm hot, they still tell me to shoot the ball no matter what, uh, tell me to make the play. Um, it gives me that confidence is just, you know, my teammates, uh, coaching staff, just everybody um, continuously talking to me, uh, continuously embracing who I am and, you know, it's just, it's just love. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that and happy that, you know, they embrace me like that. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. KC, when you checked in tonight, you guys had only 10 points at the time. And then you drill four three-pointers by yourself in the first three minutes that you're in there. Do you ever feel any extra urgency, like kind of with the situation of the game like that? Or does it simply come down to, as Quinn said, that you're just not bashful whatsoever? Um, at the end of the day, I'm just doing what, you know, coach preach and what we uh, tell each other in the locker room and, you know, come in the game, be aggressive, uh, take the shots that are available. Um and that's what it is at the end of the day. I'm just coming in uh, doing what coach is telling me to do and what my teammates trust me to do. And, you know, that's take shots and try to make plays. And I think that doesn't – that never changes. If we're up by 20, if we down by 15, uh, I think my role is kind of, um, you know, who I am. Matt Cole's AP. Can you describe what it feels like when you're in the zone like you were tonight, Jordan? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I didn't even, I was just like Keon, uh, Doolin came over and said, uh, oh yeah, and you, you shooting it, you, uh, you making shots tonight. I said, man, I'm not even paying attention. I'm just, I'm just shooting the shots that are available and you know, they're going in. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I thank Fave, I thank all my teammates period, just for keep feeding me and, uh, you know, keep playing our style of basketball. If it wasn't for my teammates, the coaching staff, anybody, the system that we got in play, none of this, the, the 40 points off the bench, none of these plays, 
the situation that I'm in wouldn't happen. Um, and, you know, it's a test to uh, who we are as a team and, um, you know, just straight respect for, for coach, his system, uh, and how he wants us to play. Because anybody on our team uh, from the guard standpoint and, and from the base can go and get numbers. Um, you know, we all have the freedom to go do that. So uh, definitely um, a sign of respect and um, love that's, that's shared through our team. Al Campbell, UtahJazz.com. Hey, Jordan. So huge game tonight, and it was capped off with an old-fashioned water, bo- um, water bottle celebration. Uh, can you speak to that moment and then just ending uh, this homestand on such a high note? Um, I mean, it was good. We just on to the next one. Uh, I tried to run from Don. I I, I got to keep my braids in my head for this road trip. Um, so I was trying to get out of the way a little bit. Still got me, but uh, it's always great. Um, to have your, you know, star embrace you. Um, and, you know, we just got to keep it going. Like I said, we on to the next one. By the time I leave this arena, we forgetting about it and uh, putting our mind to the uh, Clippers. There you go. Jordan Clarkson, 40 points on 13 of 20 shooting, 8 of 13 from 3 at 8. Three-pointers made is a new Jazz franchise record, and he was absolutely lights out. The Jazz now hit the road. They're back in action coming up tomorrow night. They're going to take on the Los Angeles Clippers. That game will tip off at 8. Pre-game begins at 7 o'clock. There is the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines on the way. Stay with us.